Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are sitting in Austin, Texas. Got to watch some Formula One, the season finale this, oh, man. this Sunday morning. This John Massengill, that was Les Kaiser. And Mr. Jonathan Green, we said last week he was uh, halfway around the globe, about 14 hours. Well, he's made it almost home. Mr. Green, how are you, sir? Good evening, boys. How are you? Uh, we're doing great. How are awesome, you, sir? Awesome, buddy. I'm good, man. I'm in Colorado. <laughs> well, I, I said you made it almost home. So, well, you know, i got to eat some turkey. <laughs> uh, I thought there might be some racing or something going on. No, no racing going on. Just uh, eating some turkey. Doing Training the family the thing. Bo- Training for the bobsled team, you know, <laughs> putting on a few pounds, get down that mountain faster. Well, boys, we yeah. have some, some Formula One. We got to talk about some Formula One today. Let me go and talk about we're going to be on the show today because we're mostly going to be Formula One with the season finale wrapping up. We're going to talk a little bit about the, see, the rule changes for next year. We're going to talk about wrap up a good bit of what happened this season. And we're going to touch on some MotoGP because they did a little testing and but mostly formula one so how about the race today boys jonathan what do you think about the race today i hate to say it but it wasn't the finale i was hoping for uh i think if you heard lewis hamilton in the ante room um just before the podium he said i think they need to talk about this circuit next year because there needs to be more overtaking and he's right yeah pretty hard to argue with that yeah you know that and that course is not real friendly for overtaking it's not bad but uh you know i think we'll talk about some of the changes and i'm hoping that those changes will liven things up a little bit for next year but um yeah to me quite honestly i want to look back what was it a year or two ago when we doubled the points for the last race yeah i'm rethinking that idea i wasn't so sure about it but you know it could stretch out how competitive the racers will be if we had an, an escalating value at the end of the season that uh, you know the last race was double points the next last race was one and a half the, the usual points things like that uh, to keep keep hope alive for somebody that's not leading for the season i, I kind of like that idea i yeah i didn't i'm like you les I'm, I'm ambivalent about it i didn't like it at first i don't think it's i think it's kind of i mean you know indy's done it really well um, you know, I think, 
that you know the way that Indy's done it for the last few years, where there's double points for the final race and and obviously bigger points from the Indy 500. Um, you know, it's worked and it's kept the championship alive. And you know, frank frankly, I hate to say it, but you know, the race was over before the first corner. Botas won won the first corner and then controlled the race. And and much as Lewis tried to catch up, you know, the classic thing in Formula One of being in dirty air makes it, you know, nigh and impossible to overtake without risking. All righty. So what if we, uh, we we added some bonus points for three of the jewels, maybe uh, Monaco, you know, Silverstone, and, and what else would be the crown jewel that we'd add extra points for? Ooh, um, that's a good question. Monaco, obviously. Um, uh, that's a good question. Maybe you do it as a ask the audience get get the uh, get the get the get, get the you know Liberty Media all about getting some feedback and getting some people involved. Um, you know, um, let I mean I, I would say why not pick a random one each year so that it becomes a a special event. So next year it could be Azerbaijan um, because it's a, an interesting street circuit where clearly Vettel likes to to drive into right. Lewis. And so next year, that's the one. Yeah. And, and I still think, you know, there needs to be something right at the end of the year to uh, give folks that aren't leading already some hope. And it'll either just extend that lead for whoever's leading or it'll give, you know, hopefully somebody some hope to catch, make up a couple of spots. Well, speaking of giving hope, I know that this was uh, this was pretty big for Botas because if you think about it, oh, yeah. he has not had a good last few races of the season. And... I don't know. I, I he was embarrassingly didn't do didn't do well at all, you know. And I don't know if it was necessarily something that he did or had he lost confidence. But he was he was not doing well, and he needed a good race and nothing like a race at the end of the season to go into next season. To, well, I'll, to, I'll, to, I'll to counter that a little confidence. bit. I'll counter that a little bit. Four qualifying polls and three wins. That's not bad. Yeah, I I know, but he just had some of those races. I'm trying to remember which ones where he just looked bad and he got outraced by lesser cars. True, I'll agree with that. Uh, yeah, there's been people like Jack Villeneuve who've 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 been very critical um, of him. He's 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 almost an enigma in Formula One because he's so honest. He's such a nice guy. Um, so you know, I agree with you. He's had a tough season. But talk about being thrown into the wolves. I mean, you know, he's replacing the world champion uh, who was there today, Nico Rosberg, and, you know, against one of the greatest drivers of all time. So, you know, give him a break. I think I think finishing this season and today on a high will be massive for Vitaly next year. I think he could work on that. He is a humble guy, but I think he'll come back strong. He's never been questioned. His speed has always been there. He's now going to have to, you know, learn the new aerodynamics, the new rules. And, and I think he's up for the measure. And I think he's, he's a good teammate to Hamilton. Uh, so I was really pleased for him today. Yeah, I, and that, that was my point, is that I think he is going to build a lot of confidence from doing this. So I, I, I think it's good for him and good for Mercedes. But let's go down the grid a little bit and talk about some of the other stories because – uh, in fact, I want to jump down to Haas F1. I thought that Grosjean, uh, it was pretty exciting watching him because he moved up, I think, at least 
I think it was at least four spots, maybe five at, at, at his peak. But I thought he had a pretty good race. But, Jonathan, when we spoke earlier, you didn't seem to too impressed by Grosjean's race today. I mean, you know, I, I guess I, I was disappointed by the fact that the, the sort of race against Toro Rosso and Renault was never really a race. Um, and Renault kind of did what they had to do. Uh, I was kind of hopeful that they would improve on their position from last year. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, he did race hard. And, uh, you know, his interview with Will Buxton with Kevin Magnussen at the end kind of summed it up, which is, you know, he was not fed up. That's the wrong word. But, you know, I think he was frustrated um, that they didn't get to the end of the season with a more competitive car. I think. And, that, and that's, that's true of him and all the fans have passed. Yeah, you know what? Let's go ahead and play that interview. We've got that one with both Grosjean and Magnussen. Let's hear them. Not too bad, I think. Uh, obviously, disappointed with today. Um, frustrating to get so close to, to P7 and the constructors and and then not, not get it. But we were simply just not strong enough to, to do it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come back stronger next year. Yeah, I think it's been a good year. You know, the first year we had some luck and, and we scored a lot of points early on. This year, I think we're more consistent and, and yeah, fighting for the, in the last race for six in the constructor was really good. Very proud of the team only in the second year. We finished 2016 not, not having any idea of where to go with the car. We finished 2017. I think we've got ideas now how to improve the car for next year. So we're going to work on that during the winter and hopefully come back stronger next year and definitely engage second year to go faster next year. You know, that's a really good point is that they, he said it last year, you know, they got, they got lucky and got some points early, but that they ended the year and really, you know, they only had one year of data. They don't really know what to expect. Now they've got two years under their belt and they both said it. They said, you know, we know what's wrong with the car now. They, we know what's going on. We know, we know what to do to fix it. So who knows? Haas could have a, a even better year next year. Well, you know, I'd, I'd love to have that engineering discussion around the brakes situating situation that uh, the brakes have been you know a big topic for Haas way too often this season so I'm curious how that's going to change I'm, I'm curious what's wrong with it that they keep having the braking issues yeah well Mr. Green I know that you um, are just like us want to see Haas do well what do you think about you know the, the race today but the, this season and and, and uh, outlook for next year I mean, to be honest, I'm actually buoyed. Uh, as you remember, I, I sort of, I think at the beginning of the season, I, I, I said they're going to be fifth, um, and they didn't fulfill that. Um, but what they did do is they scored as many points as they did last year, and Les is right. I mean, that problem they had with the brakes uh, really did. It's just, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's ridiculous, but it, it's such a, a simple thing that, if they're the only car on the grid with that problem, they've got to get that rectified and they've got to go to their big brother Ferrari and say, hey, um, help us out here because we can't fathom it out or whatever. But what I am really pleased about is the driver pairing. I think Haas will move forward. Uh, Gene Haas is no fool as a businessman. I think you'll get some sponsors on the car next year. Um, but I really like the driver pairing of Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen. I think Magnussen is his own man. He's very much like his father. Uh, Grosjean is Grosjean. <laughs> uh, and he's ever fast. And like you say, impressive today and not in the mood to be trifled with by anybody. Um, but I think as a combination, they're fairly potent. Um, when you consider that they'll be up against Williams, who are still undecided next year, 
And either way, we'll have a youngster, Toro Rosso, which will have a new pairing, even though they both raced this year. Um, so, in other words, when you look, and McLaren, of course, uh, you know, should, I say should, but they should be further up the grid. So, I think their competition, you know, primarily will be Williams, Toro Rosso, and Saba, uh, and occasionally maybe Force India. So, you know, that's a tough pairing to take on Force India, but I think those two drivers that we've got um, for Haas are good enough. Well, I hope you're right, Mr. Green. I think you probably are, because I agree with you, Grosjean is pretty fast. Well, look at Magnussen. He's been fast. He's beaten Grosjean uh, more than once, I mean, in qualifying this time. And so hopefully you're right. Well, hey, guys, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, there's lots more to talk about in Formula One, including a new logo. So we're going to give you our our uh, professional opinions as graphic designers, what we think of the new logo. <laughs> and, and we're also going to talk a little bit about NBC's final broadcast and lots more to talk about in Formula One. Listen to Speed City live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Mosing Motorcars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motorcars, 2420 West Breaker Lane. Online at mosingmotorcars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motorcars. Drive yourself happy. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education for 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Talk 1370. The right choice.
Hi, I'm JD Beach, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosey Motor Cars. All right, boys, we were talking about the F1 logo, the new logo. I love it that we have a new logo. We have new ownership this year with Liberty Media, United States, new logo. But I, I don't know. I don't I don't hate it or love it. I think it's, um, I don't know. It, there's certain certain spots. I think it looks great. And so I did notice on social it gets kind of small. It's hard to spot it. But anyway, I don't. I think it's fine. Yeah, it, uh, I'm kind of indifferent. I thought the F1, the old one with the F and the uh, kind of, one next to it made out of the profile there. Was, there. I there was a was one cool. next to it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I never noticed yeah. that. A lot of people didn't, apparently, <laughs> according to the social media. And, but uh, I, th- I don't know. Uh, it's just a logo. I, I honestly, I don't really care. <laughs> it's fine. There was a lot of people going crazy on social. They were like, oh, my gosh, that's I the th- ugliest thing I've ever seen. It was like, yeah. yeah. I think we got bigger fish to fry. I know, it's over like, this. who cares? I don't really, I really honestly could care less. I don't, I want the... I want the engine technology yeah, the, to be cool. There were a lot, one, There was and, some passionate responses online. You're yeah. Right. What about you, Mr. Green? Do you, do you care? Yeah, I'm with you, boys. Uh, we don't really agree on everything, but I agree. I think it's a bit flat. I, I don't think you know. The smaller it gets, it's a little. I think it'll develop. I mean, you know, it's a corner and a one. What do you want? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't sell it well. Um, but um, you know. It's, 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 here's, here's what I will say about it. Um, they have to do something because if I know Bernie Eccleston and I know the history of that logo and how prized and possessed and, you know, you, you know, having done, having worked around it and in it and connect networks around that logo, you know, to be able to use it first and foremost is a prize. To have it in the bug, to have it on your network is huge. So I think legally, if nothing else, they needed to, to move away from the old Formula One and have their own stamp. So absolutely, they needed to do something. And I think you will see archive for many years to come with the old F1 logo, but anything rights held or whatever uh, will be the possession of type thing. So I think, you know, um, I, I think there's a little bit of a transition legally there too. Yeah, well, I agree. And I think it it's a good, okay, a change right now will be something that we'll look back on and we'll know that was the end of an era, the beginning of Liberty Media. That's yeah. exactly right. It's Chase, a nice little place marker. Yeah, Chase Carey, you know, it said it's intended to express a positive forward change for Formula One. All right, well, yeah. we're, do- we're done with the logo talk. I, I-, I was thinking of a on. different shade of red. Jonathan? <laughs> Shut, <laughs> Shut up. Well, let me, let, let me ask you this. I remember Olympics logo for the 2012 Olympics in Britain, which is one of the most successful Olympics ever, but the logo was dog poo. <laughs> All right, well, welcome I didn't to, buy that cap. Welcome to Graphics in Austin. All right, we're going to stop hey, talking about... Let's talk a little more about the changes of... What, what, uh, uh, before we go to, to F1 changes for 2018, I want to talk about Haas F1 again. We were, oh, yeah. You brought up something actually during the break last is that how much, you know, they finished eighth in the constructor championship. As we know, in Formula One, the money is in the constructor's points and in right. the constructor's prize money. And the the big deal is that, you know, there were only so many points. But the big thing is that not only would it have been nice to show progress this year over last year, but it would also been, would have meant a lot of money. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but... It's many, many millions of dollars to finish each place higher. And that, you know, that would have been, that would have been nice for Haas 
to add some more money to the budget as well. I know, Jonathan, you talked about adding uh, sponsor logos, but obviously finishing up higher would, would bring a lot more money. Yeah, I mean, you know, Gene Haas is no fool. He's a businessman like all of them in Formula One. Um, but I also think that he's a racing businessman and a good one. His NASCAR, um, you know, accolades speak for themselves. So I don't think he's, uh, you know, it's not the uh, Marussia, Caterham, you know, Sauber. It's that, it, that is not his story. Um, he is able to, I mean, he's proved it. In two years, he's had no logo except his own uh, on the side of that car. So he is kind of, uh, you know, proven that, for, you know, that he can do Formula One with his own money. And uh, the minute he wants to get, I don't know, a GoDaddy or something, you know, whatever he wants on the side of that car, I think he's proved already with the, with the, you know, the level of performance that they're dealing with and the amount of, uh, you know, coverage they're getting, um, that they are a going concern in Formula One. But that said, Gene Haas is also no fool. And, uh, you know, yeah, a handy 6.5 million. Uh, I think that's what Renault got extra for, for, for finishing above Toro Rosso. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's always useful. But I, I never really look at Gene Haas as being somebody who is having to survive on the money made like we saw with Caterham and like we saw with Minardi of old. Yeah, good point. Absolutely. Very good point. Well, boys, what about um – I know we're going to talk about the changes, but there's a couple more stories in today's race. I want to talk about, did you see uh, Daniel Ricardo's comments in the interview about Kimi Raikkonen? About, he, was, he asked about, he said, said uh, basically he said, with the same car, Kimi should have been finishing higher. It was just yeah. a little dig. I was just a little surprised at, at Daniel Ricardo. Well, and it's, I don't know. I mean, to me, it was kind of, you know, yeah, he... He's calling his buddy out for having a bad day. I don't know if they're that great of buddies, but... Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, you're right. Ferrari, we know they always run up front. They're always up there. But you know what? There's, you know, Toro Rosso hanging out back as well. Hey, Go I, ahead, I got another spin on that. I, I think Ricardo wants that Ferrari seat, and he knows he can do better than Raikkonen. Ah. And I think it's his best option for the future. Um, I think you're right. You're, you know, yeah. I think he was referring to the season overall rather than the position of today, because yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Today, he was. His, his, yeah, him, him basically falling out of today meant, meant that Raikkonen was ahead of him, and he could have split the Ferraris. Uh, but I think his attitude is such with that Italian name and with him at the seat. Verstappen has clearly become the golden boy of Red Bull, and Ricardo's no fool. So I think uh, he's kind of starting his campaign for the Daniel Ricciardo Appreciation Society, which we all love, and we all want a honey badger to be in a Ferrari. So I think uh, he's either going to be in a Ferrari or Mercedes. And the way that Botas drove today and Hamilton's, you know, not going anywhere, his best hope is to replace Raikkonen at Ferrari. I think that was where he was going. I could see that because there's only five points difference between the two the way they ended today and no it was definitely about the season i, I remember yeah. that and i think you're right jonathan i bet i said duh when you were talking that's a, that's that makes by far the most sense so uh when mr green mm. well it's a good question i mean it's not gonna well you know it's not yeah. gonna be next year but or is it you yeah. know i mean Raikkonen, and i believe is signed right yeah i think i think Raikkonen's signed but 
Now, Ricardo's not, right? I mean... Yeah. So, well, yeah, but, but for Iken and Sign, but yeah. So anyway, so obviously not next year, but... Yeah, I think I think Ricardo is 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 working towards a 2019 move to Ferrari or Mercedes. But I think that the Mercedes door, unless Hamilton retires, I mean, this is how it goes. I mean, the, the, what was so exciting? You remember how excited I was when Rosberg retired because he just totally turned up the apple cart. You know, this is how it works in Formula One. You you have to be three years ahead of the potential opportunity. And yeah. that's where Ricardo is. Yep, I bet Interesting. you're right. Interesting. I bet you're right. Did y'all see uh, Grosjean's school Lance Stroll? I guess you didn't see on the uh, no. No, he he Wait just he uh, he you know they battled. It was actually a really good battle for a while, but eventually he came around him and and then. Uh, I don't know. I, I just uh, I, I enjoyed that. I don't know why. I, Lance Stroll. I like I like to, the fact that Lance Stroll's a young and upcoming driver, but I just didn't mind seeing Grosjean uh, school him a little bit today. Oh, you know, oh, sorry. I'm with you now. So I didn't hear you well. Yeah, of course. That was brilliant. That was a good battle between them and Grosjean. That's what I mean by Grosjean. And if you heard the radio beforehand, he was fed up and was like, you know, hey, <laughs> what are we doing here? What are we racing? Who are we racing? <laughs> yeah. Right. I just think, uh, like I said, Grosjean, I still think is is an excellent person for Haas. The the yep, the leadership that he's shown, the uh, the experience he's had. I mean, he's he's a solid driver. I don't, I don't want anybody to think we're wanting to see a change there. Well, and 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 you know what? Here you go, boys. That's why Ricardo's interview with Will Buxton was poignant because the other man looking and gunning for that Ferrari drive. Is Juan Jean, Mr. Grosjean? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Huh. Ferrari Junior team, if you will. Yeah, and there was. And something... then you've got Charles Leclerc, and you've got you know it, on and on. But uh... yeah, something throughout the weekend, I can't remember what it was. It made me that rem- reminded me of that fact. It was something that he said after qualifying. I can't remember now. But hey, before we move on, I want to play a couple more interviews. We got a couple more clips from today. I want to I want to play Botas because. I mean, look, he, he uh, like we were saying earlier, he's, he's going to carry this momentum into the season. So let's hear from Valtteri Bottas. For sure, there was a lot of uh, pressure from, from Lewis from behind. I knew that uh, one proper mistake and he's going to go for it. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's just um, I had to um, keep the head down, focus on, on my, my things and really go lap after lap. And, yeah, just really pleased to, to end the season like this. All right, and then I want to play one more because um, I want to, before we go to the break, so then after the break, I want to go into what you were talking about last. The, the color changes. of the logo? <laughs> From now on, if you mention logo, I'm going to turn off your microphone. So, all right, let's play. <laughs> let's, let's play this clip from Lewis Hamilton. I was given everything. Valtteri did a great job, didn't make any mistakes. Um, there was one moment where I was just... Almost close enough, but not close enough, unfortunately. All right, boys. Well, let's go ahead and take that break we were talking about. And when we come back, we are going to talk about... On? Is my microphone on? <laughs> it's still working. Is my microphone on? Hey, can I have my microphone on? <laughs> All right, boys. We, we'll be back after these messages. Listen to Speed City in Austin.
Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself, Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The racetrack, it's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles, whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey, because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe, on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Thank you, Mr. Gene Haas. Welcome us back. He sounded kind of awkward, didn't he? <laughs> I don't know why. He just... <laughs> Will you quit giving me a hard... He's a multi-millionaire. He doesn't need to be doing promos. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're with who? <laughs> All right. So, hey, before we go into the discussion about uh, 2018 Formula One, uh, we got some tickets to give away because we had... The gentleman from Coda on the show last week. They've got this winter wonderland going on out at Circuit of the Americas. It is music. It is Christmas movies. I'm going to get you two guys standing in the snow globe with me. We're going to take our Christmas picture there for Speed City. Hey, you know, I love Bad is Santa. There any truth to the, is there any truth to Kimi Räikkönen uh, cutting the ribbon for the, for the winter wonderland? <laughs> for the Iceman cometh? No, I don't believe so. <laughs> but I see where you're going there. Good, good going. Good going. <laughs> Uh, no, but hey, to give away these tickets, we're going to send you to the website. Actually, we're going to send you to the app. And to get there, you can go to the website. Go to speedcitybroadcast.com slash win. And to win these tickets, uh, we will take uh, we'll just try, take the first person who goes there and gets the app and goes to the app and fills out the form to win tickets. So uh, these are they're like 16 bucks a piece, so it's like a $32 prize. It's a real cool, you know, winter you know, festival if, out there. If you're listening to Speed City, there's a good chance you're going to want to go to Coda, e even if it's just something that's not racing-related. You're going to want to go just because it's Coda. So. Yeah, especially in the winter. Speedcitybroadcast.com slash win. All right, Les, you've been itching to talk about the 2018, the changes for next year in Formula One. So why hey, don't you lead us off? Yeah, you're right. You know, 2018 brings a lot of changes for us. You know, we talk about the teams, we talk about engines, aero changes, and certainly the driver safety. And, and we'll get back to that logo discussion later on. <coughs> but I uh, told you about that. I see. <laughs> get your finger away from that. Uh, Aston Martin, I think that is really cool. We're going to see Aston Mar Martin logoed on the Red Bull Racing team. I think yeah, that's, that's cool. a big deal to have another car manufacturer 
getting involved in Formula One the way they are coming around. So I'd, I really like that idea. Uh, what would make me happier? Let's see an American motor there, Ford, Chevrolet, Ford. at least as a logo. Yeah. I, hey, I, absolutely. I would completely agree with that. Mopar? Sure, why not? No Hemi's in that. Why not? But, uh, you know, do you have a comment, Jonathan? And there's also, there's, yeah, there's also a point on that, which is it opens up the discussion and it may be something that, it, you know, isn't of interest to Aston Martin or may well be, which is, you know, there is going to be new engine uh, rules in 2021. And there is a, you know, there is rumor that Porsche, having pulled out of WEC, may be interested in getting back into Formula One. Aston Martin could develop um, an engine specifically for Red Bull Racing. Um, you know, if you know if things progress for them the way they want. Um, you know, and there's been a lot of discussion about the fact that Liberty want to make um, it more affordable for independent companies. There's a lot of talk of Mario Illion, the man from Ilmore, who's been so successful both in India and in Formula One. Um, in fact, funnily enough, uh, back when Mercedes were with McLaren, uh, Mario Illion was, was an Ilmore, which is just down the road from, funnily enough, Red Bull Racing, um, you know, uh, c- could do an independent engine. Cosworth, for example, right. were in Formula One. Um, and so it, the hope is that, 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 that instead of having three engines in Formula One, you could have maybe five or six, uh, in, you know, in the next five years. And after Martin could be in that in that um, run-up. Hey, I think it'd be great, you know, like I said, seeing more automotive brands out on that grid. I, I just love the idea of it, and certainly I wish there were some American ones there. Uh, the next item. I, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I know, and I think it's important, Les, and you're right. Um, the fact that the it's a gaping hole, in my my opinion, that there is no American manufacturer involved at that level. Um, it doesn't necessarily... I mean, you know, Haas have plumped in with a, with a team. They've done the right thing getting involved with Ferrari. But I do think that, um, you know, independent companies like Aston Martin, like McLaren, um, and to a certain extent, um, you know, and a manufacturer like GM or Toyota, you know, th- these are huge manufacturers. And just having... Some semblance. I mean, Toyota have got a massive, uh, you know, uh, awareness and, and, and value in WEC. So, you know, they have a huge engine supply. Honda will will make their name back again in the next couple of years. So, you know, I think it's important for Formula One and for Liberty Media to have as many manufacturer and mark names that that, are, that evolved in in the car business. Never mind racing. So, you know, I just hope, like you, that, that, that uh, they get involved. Good deal. Yep. Driver changes. Uh, the one, you know, the one that uh, I think we have the best relationship, Brendan Hartley, you know, signing up, as well as Pierre Gasly. Two great names coming up. Uh, their first times to be full-fledged. Brendan admitted to some difficulty transitioning back and forth from his FIA wet car and things of that some of his other assignments into the F1 car. It's taking a little bit of time, but now that he's going to be a full-time F1 driver, I think we're really going to see the talent that we saw in FIA WEC behind the Porsche wheel and a few others. Yep, that's a good story. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think Brendan is one of the lost men, uh, like so many, um, from, you know, uh, I, I, well, I don't want to go through the list. It's unfair, but I think Hartley has got a break. 
I think he'll take it with both hands. I think he was always talented enough to be in Formula One. I, I think when you actually look at his record, he, he has all the single-seater uh, credentials, and I think he's already bringing the discipline. And listening to him on the radio, his feedback is brilliant, but that's what he's used to working in a team with Porsche. Um, and I think he's going to be a, a huge asset next year. And how about the timing? I mean, if Honda finally hit the sweet spot with Toro Rosso, he's sitting pretty. Yeah, good point. If Honda gets it right, hopefully. I mean, you think they would? They got the they got a big enough company and money to get it right. What's I next? Think they absolutely will. Yeah, and I think Red Bull will be waiting in the wings to either go with Aston Martin or grab or grab that engine off them. Yeah, good point. Uh, got to talk about Williams. Uh, who's filling in for Felipe Massa? Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Uh, Robert Kubica is, you know, one of the names that uh, seems strongest there. Jonathan, you have any other ideas for names? Yeah, um, I mean that is you're right. So really, that's probably the biggest domino in Formula One right now in terms of the driver lineup for next year. Um, I've got a soft spot, a soft spot for Robert Kubica because I've known him. Uh, sort of man and boy. He, he he was second at the Macau Grand Prix in 2005, uh, spotted there by Mario Tyson, who was who was there with the touring cars, uh, and kind of like had a quiet word and said, hey, how about coming to BMW Sauber? And the rest is history because he did uh, Sauber. Um, then he went to Renault, and, you know, he had a distinguished Formula One career. And, and I think he's sort of at the height of his power in 2011 or so, you know, everybody was saying that this is a future world champion. And um, he's also the first ever Polish Formula One driver. So, you know, there's a lot going for him. He's a super guy. He's gone through. Then he went and, did, you know, a crazy thing like doing a rally, uh, which he should have had in his contract. But he didn't. He did have in his BMW. I checked today. He didn't have uh, in his BMW contract that he couldn't race rally. He didn't have it in his Renault contract. So <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you so, run at Macau? What he, well, all, all Formula 3, I think he was with, um, I remember, I think he was with a German team uh, at Macau, but he was second. So he definitely second coming up through the Formula Series uh, feeders. Oh, yeah, and that's why, as I said, it was a great story because everybody saw Mario Tyson literally wander down the pit lane to, to have a word, and that's where it all happened for him is that he got spotted by the head of BMW who just happened to be there um, <laughs> representing the touring cars. So he wasn't there in a Formula One capacity at all. But he looked at the field and went, this guy's got it. And awesome. I, and I, my, as I said, my personal relationship with him is that I followed him in 3.5 Renault in the V8, and I was the commentator for V8. And I remember joking every week about how he had no sponsors from Poland, and he kept getting pole positions and kept getting wins and i kept saying come on somebody sponsor this guy he's so good <laughs> and right. you know the rest is history and he, he's just a i, I mean if, if you if you want to know i mean we'll, we'll talk about some other drivers but i think the real the, the real answer to the question is who's best suited for the 18 year old lance stroll to be partnered with and That's and really also what is the best fit for martini um, who is the Williams sponsor. Now, Martini are an alcoholic drink, so they they want somebody who is, you know, old enough to represent them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't think it's essential. Um, but I do think that given 
uh, Lance Stroll's sort of position with the team. I think he's equipped himself well. He's still very wet around the ears, as it were. Uh, I think he's got a lot to learn, and he could learn a lot from a guy who's been with two different teams, um, is a nice guy, is 32, and is probably, if given the chance, will be the hungriest Formula One driver you've ever seen come March next year if Kubica gets gets back. I'm not worried about his fitness in terms of the arm, though, you know, it's bound to be, you know, a, a situation for him. But, uh, you, know, I, you know, he's had a lot of tests uh, Tuesday, which is uh, the test he's got in the 2017 Williams with Lance Stroll and with uh, Sergei Sorotkin. Uh, that's one of the names I was going to mention. But there are others. Uh, Daniel Kvyat, uh, who... <laughs> you know, has really done no harm or done no wrong and is one of the most experienced drivers in Formula One, not a bad asset. And the other one, of course, Paul DeResta. What has he done wrong, if you like? Uh, nothing. Um, and has already done some Formula One. So there's a few good names out there. But in terms of my feeling for, for Lance Stroll, if that's what you're basing the team around, and, you know, he does bring a wealthy, a wealthy backing behind him, um, I think Kubica would be both a great story, and he's also managed by Rosberg, which is quite interesting. Huh, um, interesting. A former Williams driver himself. So I think things are looking good for Kubica. Uh, I don't, I don't worry about tomorrow's or Tuesday's test for him, um, but it will be his pr- his first proper test in heat in a 2017 Williams car. Interesting. Yeah, because right. I think that's where he will officially, if he does well, he gets, he's got to get his, he doesn't have a super license yet, so that's obviously step one. But Well, they're also changing the quantity of engines, going from four to three for 2018. I want to ask, uh, you know, and some of the things that were going on that play around with that are the resulting grid penalties. Uh, a lot of folks feel they got out of hand. I agree. When you can't even assess all of the penalties for grid in one race, I think there's a problem. <laughs> And so, it makes for yeah, good humor. Forty when grid points. When you're, yeah, you know, forty grid places was you know ridiculous. Uh, but the quantity, Jonathan, do you think reducing the number of engines before penalty is intended to be a budgetary control, or is it intended to drive reliability and actually improve those engines? Ooh, that's a good. That's actually a really good question because you're right. Um, if you've got the choice of four engines, (laughs) you're going to use them wisely, or at least, you know, you're going to... Look, these guys are boffins. These guys are NASA scientists at heart, um, really. So they will use whatever rules they've got to produce the most reliable... uh, You know, uh, if it's four engines, they'll make four engines last the season. If it's three engines, you know what I mean? So uh, there's always that compromise. I think it, I think ostensibly my answer to your question is I think it's a budgetary thing because Liberty's, uh, you know, looking at they've had now two years to look at the whole thing. And clearly there is, you know, if you compare it to the NFL, there is a huge gulf between um, the good guys and the, and the guys at the back. And so the point is, how do you make uh, a Toro Rosso? How do you make uh, a Haas? have a chance and how do you keep a Haas involved in the game when they're coming seventh and sixth and eighth um you know every season because that's just not gonna flip it and, and you only need to look at hrt and marussia and right. over the years you know and there's many more from <laughs> all the way back over the years it's always been that way 
Um, and so, you know, I, I, I'm all for it because I think, I think, you know, you get a new logo, you get a new marketing strategy, you get a new uh, rule strategy. And I think that's one of the things I've always felt is not great with Formula One is that there's been no real effort to try to bring the lesser teams into the fold to make it so that on a possible windy, rainy, foggy Sunday morning, you know, the, you know, the, the underdogs can make it. And I, I think that's part of this rule, put it that way. Yep. I agree. I like the idea of level setting that. You know what? Before you go to your next one, Les, I want to bring up something that Jonathan made me think of is that have you guys noticed this year versus last year the coverage that the World Feed gives Haas? I remember last year that we would go almost an entire race and you wouldn't even see the Haas car. And this year, am I imagining this or do you all think I'm right? I think that Liberty's giving Haas a lot more I will agree. camera time. I think, okay, Liberty obviously wants to build the American base, uh, audience base. And so, you know, you're not going to tune in to see the Dallas Cowboys if they're not on camera more often. Yeah. I, I swear it, teams, it just so you looks like it's not it, quite, but you want to see them. You want to see their progress. You want to have that connection. And, I, and you know, they, they're, they're roughly the same points last year. They've been a little consistently better this year. In other words, you know, if they're, if they're obviously they're, if the race is won and Val, Botas or Hamilton are running away with it, they're going to go down the grid and look for good battles, battle. which mm -hmm. was a good battle today with Stroll and Grosjean. But what about you, Jonathan? Do you agree? I swear that they've given them more camera time. I hate to say it, boys. I actually don't agree. And, and what I mean by that is I, 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 I hear what you're saying. But what I think is I think Formula One as a whole realizes that it's got to give good face time, if that's the right word, to everybody. And because Mercedes have dominated the last four years, you know, as the, I've never been a director of a, of a Formula One, but I've done a lot of commentary on it, and I know how the directors think, um, you know, it, I think if you know that you've got a three-second gap between the two Mercedes at the front, it gives you an opportunity to go back to see some fights uh, midfield, which does one of two things. It, sh it gives you the opportunity to see some overtakes that you wouldn't see, which is why we saw Grosjean today. Uh, but it also gives, you know, it kind of doffs the cap to the sponsors who are desperate to get TV time. Uh, and so I think you're right. Uh, I think has have got more time, but I think that that is more because Hamilton has dominated. Uh, if you look at last year, Rosberg and Hamilton were going, you know, hell bent for leather against each other. So we saw a hell of a lot of that silver arrows because they were always potentially going to beat each other. So I think it's more to do with when you're a director, you you have the safe capacity. To, to say, okay, well, that's not going to change in the next two minutes, so I can now go back to this this, this fight. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Well, so, you know, the logo. We've got to get All right, you know, we're going to take a break now because Les just said the word logo. We're, <laughs> we're going to turn off his microphone. All right, guys, we're going we're gonna to talk a little MotoGP after the break. Listen to Speed City, and, yep, we're in Austin. We'll talk to you after these messages. Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. 
founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Ambia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambia Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambia Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Bozing Motor Cars is Central Texas' source for classic performance cars. British, German, Italian, Japanese, and American. Ready for that special car you've always dreamed of? Mosing has you covered. Looking to sell a classic? Let Mosing handle all the details and get that special vehicle in the hands of the right buyer. Visit the showroom at 2420 Westbreaker Lane or call 512-821-9491 or browse the garage online at mosingmotorcars.com. Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hey, this is Gary Garloff. I ride the number 31 Yamaloop Graves Yamaha, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. All right, boys, before we go into MotoGP, I do I want to talk about NBC's F1 broadcast team, obviously. Hello, is this on? Is this working? <laughs> yes, you're back on, Les. Uh, five years, it's been, I think those guys have done a great job. You know, the, what I, reminds me of the story that you brought up during the break, Les, is that I think it would have been November 16th, because that would have been a Friday. Right. We were sitting in the cafeteria at Circuit of the Americas, and Lee Diffie walks in, and he just has this crazy, yeah. crazy look in his there eyes. We've known him uh, by this point. We had known him. So. Yeah, but but he walks in and he's kind of has this stunned look, and he and he has his lunch tray in his hands, and he looks at me. and He goes, "Can I sit down?" I said, "Sure." <laughs> Who's going to tell him no? And he well, he and he he sat down, and he goes, he goes, "I just got the F one job for yeah. for NBC." Like literally, because I had I had walked by one of the rooms in the media center, and I saw him in there with a bunch of suits. And didn't know yeah. what was going on. And he walked in and that was, I think that was probably Friday. So that would have been uh, November 16th. But but obviously we all think they did a great job. We've had him on the show a bunch. And I think it's, uh, it's you know, I know time moves on. Things change. And you know, I think but yeah, I, it sounded like Hobbs was kind of resigned to the fact of, I, I could sit at home on the couch now and yeah. he can call into Speed City. Debo, yeah. if you want, come on over from, from the couch. Yeah, and then uh, you know Lee's quite busy. Otherwise, I yeah, mean, he really and is. He's staying so. at NBC, obviously, and I don't know. Yeah. We don't know what's don't know what Steve's up to. Yeah. And uh, you know, I tried to speak to Will about it, and he just basically had said, you know, there's he doesn't know that was when he was here in Austin, yeah. and so. Uh, but I just got to believe that uh, you know, with the move to ESPN and the ESPN crowd is going to be really just 
passing through the global feed. And so I think there's an opportunity uh, to put Will in the pit for Formula One. Well, we shall see. Crossing fingers for you, buddy. All right, Mr. Green. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I yeah. thought they did a great job uh, winding out the, the season in a very – I've done those wind-down shows before on networks that I've worked on, and, and they're never easy, and they can be very self-indulgent too. Um, but these guys did it right. They did it well. They did the shoey at the end. Uh, personally, as you know, I know Lee very well. Um, and in fact, I replaced him at the World Superbike. So, uh, I, you know, we followed each other's careers and I know how hard he worked to get that F1 job, starting with speed. Um, that was always his ambition from leaving Australia. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I think these guys did a hell of a job, you know, and I, and I hope we can continue to do that job, um, at Speed City and also with them because I want to include them when we can because, you know, they've started, they've started a new era. I, I worked for ESPN back in the day doing Will's job. So I know that it's hard uh, to sort of bring Formula One into a world where there's so much other sport and so much other racing. Um, so, you know, I think they've done a valiant job. I think NBC need to, to really take their hats off and, and, and pat themselves on the back. I think the team has been good. And I think they went out well today in a very uh, professional way. Um, and I don't think this is the last of them. And we'll have them on Speed City anytime. Yep. I agree with all of that. So best of luck, boys. Hey, let's talk a little MotoGP because they're doing some testing. Jonathan, give us get us up to speed on that. Yeah, they, they always do a little bit of testing at the end of the season. And they give some new riders a chance to get out there. Uh, as you know... Um, it was a really interesting season in terms of Marc Marquez basically taking the season, you know, t- taking it to the final race uh, against Andrea Di Vizioso. Um, But there was some good stories throughout this year. I, 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 in some ways, I think MotoGP, because Marc Marquez is world champion, it kind of looks as though it's it's the same story, but it's absolutely yeah. <laughs> not. Um, he, well, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, no, exactly. He, he, you look at the, <laughs> if you look at the, the results, you go, oh, okay, another victory for Mark. But Andrea, and more importantly, Ducati, have stepped up dramatically this year. And I think it really bodes well for, for next year because we've also had the emergence of Johan Zarco, uh, of Jonas Folger, uh, Jack Miller, um, and, you know, and several others. Uh, Suzuki, uh, when you look at the results, have also had a, an amazing season. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm really looking forward to 2018 because I think Mar- Marquez will be probably favored again. But I really do think that the strides that Ducati have made this year have really changed the game. No, I mean, like, Jonathan, going back to your point, is that it was uh, it was a great season. We didn't get a champion until the final week. And uh, obviously, uh, we had Suzuki who looked like they were going to run away with it early on. And then Ducati was strong for, you know, the rest of the year. And Marquez gave us a show from... Uh, on the ground and on the on his way back up all season long. It was uh, and it was really competitive. So I, I agree with you completely. Les, I, I know you're a big bike fan. What we, what is your take from um, you know from the season? I mean, like I said, it's it's a Mar- another Marquez season. But what do you think? You know, I I think it was a great season to be honest. You know, heart broke over Valley having his outage. You know, but coming back twenty three days later after a broken leg that that's phenomenal in itself. But uh, great season, 
it was we were on the hook all the way to the end, and that's what I want in a racing season and, and a championship. Uh, certainly, I, I wish somebody in red would have finished the year ahead in first place, but still, it's uh, it was just a great season all the way around. You never knew what was going to happen. You know, Zarco was in the mix for a while. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm looking forward. You know, that's honestly, I think, is, was the best season of the year of the different racing bodies. Hey, real quick. Well, there's, and there's quite a few. They, they did a mix test as well at a ref with both Superbike and uh, some of the MotoGP boys. So, yeah, it was really interesting. Johnny Ray, uh, Superbike guy, obviously. Uh, Tom Sykes up there with, with, with the big boys. And I think I, I, I really do think there's a lot of talent. There's a depth of talent now in both World Superbikes and MotoGP. And I will put a footnote down. We have one of our own, folks. If we've been putting the boat out for the young, you know, four-wheel guys of America, let me just roll that boat out. You just heard from J.D. Beach. He's coming, and he'll be next. But the guy who is front and center for 2018 in Moto2 is Joe Roberts. Remember the name. You've heard it before, but he's he has done his apprenticeship this year. He ran me over. All right, Greeny. We got we to gotta wrap her up. We're out of time. Joe Roberts, you said watch him. So thanks for tuning in to Speed City tonight. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Slash win. Slash win if you want to win those tickets. And check us out on our social media, Facebook and Twitter. Talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.